Once upon a time, there were millions of businesses struggling. Every day, they wasted time, effort, and money on repetitive tasks that added no value. One day, the Better Automation podcast by Processio came to help them find a way. Because of this, these businesses save time, reduce costs, innovate, and make better decisions. Because of that, these businesses grow, scale, and use human creativity to change this world. Hello, my name is Aziz, and I'm your host at Better Automation Podcast by Processio, where I interview the world's top experts and share their very best ideas on how to improve automation in your business processes and life. My guest today is Max Haining. Max is the founder at 100 Days of No Code, an educational platform on a mission to democratize software creation by helping people build websites and apps without code. Since launch, she has been able to grow the community to more than 500 members, and he has facilitated over 5,000 hours of no-code learning through workshops, AMAs, newsletters, real-world projects, and an everyday learning methodology. Max, how are you today? Yeah, I'm really good and uh, yeah, looking forward to, to getting into this. Um, thanks for having me. You're welcome and me too. I'm honored, I'm lucky, and I'm very happy to have this discussion with you today. And what I'd like to begin with is, since you have a lot of experience and communication with people and in, you know, input into what they do, do you have some stories or anecdotes or interesting facts and tidbits about automation that you can share? Sure, um, absolutely. So running a, a community of people that are leveraging no-code tools means that you see <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of use cases and a lot of um, stories uh, of people leveraging these tools uh, to make their life better, to make their businesses better, and to help them grow their businesses and their projects. Um, so I'm in a very unique and fortunate position to be able to see everyone building these tools in front of me on an everyday basis, whether that's in Slack, whether that's in Twitter, um, all kind of um, in person. Um, so uh, yeah, there's a few stories. And the, the, the first place I'll probably start is just using it to run my own business. So how do I use automation to run a community, to run 100 days of no code. Now, firstly, the first caveat that I'll make is that um, 100 days of no code could be far more optimized. It could be far more automated than it currently is. But there are a few things we do to automate things. So from the simplest, simplest uh, introduction and onboarding flow, where we send a welcome message to any new member, that is all automated to um, something a little more complex. So um, when a new member subscribes, they not only get that welcome message, but they also um, get a video sent by me, which is personalized um, through uh, software called Descript. Um, so it looks like they're receiving a personalized message from me. Um, uh, but uh, that is all fully automated. So um, just two ends of the spectrum there. 
as to kind of how you can manipulate these tools to improve the experience for your members, for your clients, but also for yourself, because you're saving time. Uh, would you like me to, there's one more example I've got. Do you want me to, to delve into that um, as well from one of the, the members of 100 Days of No Code? Yes, and at the same time, I would like us to switch gears because this is fascinating and so useful to the viewers. And this will be like the core or the question. If people are interested in creating a community in general, let's speak on two levels. What makes a community? What brings people together and bring that engagement and vibrant uh, atmosphere and spirit to it? And you said that 100 days of no code is not optimized as a community. If you were to design the strategy that is an optimal strategy for automating a community or what is within it that needs to be automated? Could you share that? So yes, it will be three things. You can go speak as much as you want because this is valuable. In general, what makes for a community? If someone wants to create a community for their business or a community in general, what do you feel are the requirements that build an engaged community? Then would what would be an ideal uh, strategy for automating things to make that community optimized? And why? And third, of course, share from your members, because I'm sure we all love stories. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so I'll, I'll attack those, those, those three questions uh, separately. So the first one is um, just going off the back of my first answer, um, is telling you about a member of the 100 Days community. Um, his name is Doc Williams. He runs his own YouTube channel. He does a lot of things around YouTube um, and no code and how you can really monetize your kind of skill set. And what fascinates me about how he um, uses automation is that um, he only works 90 minutes a day. Uh, and you're probably wondering how does he get everything that he does because he looks like he's everywhere. He's always doing things, but actually he's confined his his work, his input time into 90 minutes. But his, but the, the outcomes of that look like, um, you know, he's working 24 hours a day. Uh, and that is all because of two things. Automation, so he has all his workflows, so automated. So whenever, for example, he uploads a new video, it goes straight um, from, uh, from his kind of Dropbox file into to YouTube um, once it's checked. But then also he uses things called SOPs, um, so standard operating procedures. Uh, and those are things that can't necessarily be fully automated, but they're um, uh, processes that are kind of outlined in the most efficient way so that someone else can do that task very efficiently. Um, which means that he can work only 90 minutes a day. Uh, and that isn't somewhere he started, but over time, being part of the community and being in the no-code space, he's been able to get to that time, which I think is a really interesting um, place to be. Um, I'm just curious as to what he does with the, the rest of his day. Um, <laughs> but um, so that is, um, that is Doc Williams. Then let's move to the second question. So how do you build a vibrant community? How do you build a community that people want to um, uh, use and interact um, with other people in? 
So this is a really, really big question. Um, so I, I won't be able to tackle it all, but what I would say, um, and it's a generic answer, but an, an extremely important one, is you have to fundamentally answer the question as a community builder, why does this community exist? Um, and, and really that the, the answer to that should be an outcome. It should be a transformation you want to take your members on uh, rather than a topic area. So an example, 100 days of no code isn't a no code community. People aren't there just because they're learning to no code. They're actually there for the transformation of being able to bring their ideas to life. So that's the journey, that's the transformation they're on. And that's why they are so uh, eager to meet other people, not particularly because it's no code. So always make sure your community has a transformation and a why and a driver for engagement. And that why for me is people want to bring their ideas to life. Another community that may be something different. Um, so I think really just start there for creating a vibrant community. And I'll leave it there because there's so many more stages uh, on that journey, um, but we can maybe delve in it, into it at another point. Um, and then the, the, the third question um, uh, was around uh, community uh, optimization. So we've got this community and we want to make it a bit more of a, a well-oiled machine with this automation. Um, and how do we leverage tools um, to make this operation a little slicker? So um, how I approach automating things is really standing back and looking at everything I do. So mapping out day to day, what am I doing as a community builder? Okay, so I'm sending messages to my members when they join the community. I'm sending Slack announcement messages uh, with the weekly digest email that we've sent. Um, I am sending Zoom invites uh, for events that are coming up. I am uh, DMing people one-on-one um, -on -one to check in on them. So these are all things now that I've got a, a list of things where I can look at and say, um, are these things automatable? Can I actually make this process faster? Um, and nine times out of 10, the answer is yes. And there are parts of that process that you can keep human. And then there are parts that can be automated. Um, and once you've broken down that process, um, you can then identify what are the best tools and what is the best automation you build for that process. So um, I hope that answers those those three questions um, in an interesting way. And feel free to uh, dig deeper on some of those answers. Thank you. Yes, the community needing a why and an outcome or transformation reminds me of storytelling and the hero's journey on the internal and external journey where a hero or a movie or a story needs a specific outcome at the end for it to be focused, otherwise it will be all over the place, as well as an inner transformation of the character and therefore community is basically opening the door for people to be heroes on a journey and maybe you're the Yoda or the mentor or the person who is supporting them, the ally on that journey. And on a more deep and psychological level when it comes to automation yes 
everybody agrees that creating a well-oiled machine is wonderful. You as a business owner or the person who is an entrepreneur or the CEO of your own life, it matters to you because uh, like the community member you spoke about, who is a doc, I think uh, was his name, that he works 90 days and then everything else is automated or delegated, etc. But if somebody is not that person who will uh, be able to take time off because of being automated, I'm just speaking about like resistance to change management, where people who have been doing something, they might take the repetitive task time as downtime where they can mindlessly do something without needing to think or without like as a relaxation period. If you take that from them, they will think, oh my God, I need to fill eight hours or whatever of my day with really intensive creative work. And I cannot explain to my boss that, oh, if I, for example, I think the Airbnb founder, he said, I don't expect a product more than four hours of real productivity out of my employees because more than that, their brains will be melting down. But some people will think, I'm paying you for eight hours or whatever it is. And therefore, if you take from them the repetitive task, that will be resistance because they'll think, what do I fill it with? That it will need to be filled with exhausting things that will add more onto my plate. And I'm already um, exhausted and overwhelmed. What's your perspective on this? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting question. And um, I think the first uh thing I would say, especially in relation to community, is um, uh, when you're building a community, especially at the start, a lot of the things that you're doing probably shouldn't be automated. Um, so that is just the, the caveat, because you're really trying to optimize for understanding your members and for building those personal relationships with them. Um, and in a lot of cases, uh, Automation at that point uh, isn't uh, the most important thing. It is building those relationships. However, once you've kind of gone from zero to one, you understand what your members need. You understand the patterns and the rhythm of your community. Okay, so we have an event a week. We have peer groups that are going every fortnight. We have um, demo days that occur every quarter. We have one-on-one -on -one introductions that happen in Slack. Once you know those kind of key touch points and patterns after you've gone from zero to one, then you can start thinking about, okay, let's actually make this process a little easier on ourselves as a community builder, as a community manager, um, so that it becomes a more well-oiled well machine, <clears throat> machine. And as you say, once you have, you know, cut out that work that you were doing beforehand, the question is, what do you do instead? Um, is that time filled with um, more intense, uh, deep work? Uh, probably not, because um, as you say, there's only a limited capacity that we have each day for that deep work. So maybe half of it is filled with uh, that deep work and the rest is just for recuperating, for recharging so that we can do deep work again the next day in a better way. Um, whereas otherwise we would have just been doing our deep work and then also going back to doing the monotonous repetitive tasks that happen over and over again, which robots can take care, take care of us for us. 
I agree and I remember there are a lot of thinkers and thought leaders that say we're not really an overworked society, we're an underrested society. So we need actually rest in order to perform. You know, if you look at athletes and Olympic athletes and all that, they really, really put priority on recovery after intense work, not like the usual office worker or even worse, the entrepreneur who's almost working 24 hours, even when they're sleeping. Sometimes they might wake up in the middle of the night, see some email on their phone and take time to do customer support or whatever, which means they're on call worse than like the worst, uh, most workaholic employee ever. And they're creating their own golden cage. And to ask you about relationships, because you spoke about building relationships, especially in the beginning is the most important part. Previously, I have spoken to the founder of No Code Founders. And to, to him, he said within his community, there are 10 relationships that from the beginning till now have opened all the doors, made all the difference, have been the most important for his success. And that those 10 relationships are more valuable to him than everybody else. It doesn't mean that he doesn't value everybody else but he's focusing more and understanding that those 10 relationships are really the core of all the effectiveness, the money, the productivity that he has. Do you notice a similar trend within your life and community? Or do you find that there are hundreds of relationships that are all making a big difference and there isn't like a few that are disproportionately uh, more impactful? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um... I think firstly, there is a, a, a general point I'd like to make and um, the number, the size of your community doesn't necessarily correlate to the, the, the quality of it. Um, so, uh, you know, quality, uh, the, the quantity um, is something that is one data point about a community, but um, doesn't necessarily mean it is of high quality. And that really goes back to the beginning uh, on actually optimizing for relationships, which isn't really a scalable thing um, at the beginning. So um, what I would say in relation to um, uh, whether kind of I focus on, you know, a, a small handful, uh, like, um, uh, like you were saying, kind of 10 of those relationships, um, what I've found with the 100 days community, I am still, um, uh, yeah, getting a lot of support, getting a lot of um, uh, connection and wisdom from a very small handful of members that joined as the first 10 members. And those 10 members, we have um, a mastermind or a peer group. And that same group has met for the last two and a half years since I have started 100 Days of No Code and we've met every Monday since. Um, so that tells you how kind of important that that group is. Um, but also, um, really, that that is the case. So for me, those 10 connections. But then once you've built those deep personal connections with 10 people, you really want to be focusing on how are you connecting your members with each other? Um, how are you instigating those conversations so that they aren't all starting from you, but they're starting from one member to another. 
and that really then is the key to unlocking um uh, uh you know a more distributed um a community uh, that is that is speaking with each other not just from you uh, kind of at the top thank you that's a very very important point that one of the values you can provide is as somebody who's connecting people who wouldn't have met otherwise but who together can leverage their skills their resources their connections their ideas into something that really, really change both their lives and that's really, really valuable and can create, create reciprocity, friendliness, goodwill, whatever it is, that can also change the whole community and add value that you cannot provide by only newsletters or workshops or whatever like that. And I love this, but let's ask a question that maybe a skeptical business owner might say yes of course 100 days of no code citizen developers all that stuff good for you but what's in it for me as somebody like do you believe that developing employee no code talents is something that makes a big difference now and in the future and how would it make such a difference? What specific ROIs can somebody uh, find when they have somebody in their team who understands no code, uh, bubble, automation, processio, whatever it is? What tangibles can they expect? Yeah, great, great question. And, and it's, it's a very valid, valid point. Um, what is the return on investment from no-code tools? We hear them marketed as these magical things, um, but you know, if we dig a little bit deeper under the surface, what tangible uh, outcomes are they having for companies um, uh, of you know small to medium to huge scale? Um, uh, and how can we kind of break that down? And I think really. Um, the point remains uh, and carries through from um, a community like mine where I, I am empowering people to create side projects. And that same empowerment is happening, but just within companies. And what that means is that your team member or your two team members um, are less dependent on other team members and other teams within your company. So for example, if someone in your product team wants to test uh, an idea, wants to test a um, or experiment in a quicker, faster way, they don't or no longer need to you know, go back and forward with that development team because their development team is essentially within their product team because they are the ones that know or can produce something themselves. So I think that's the first bit, like the empowerment piece of them being less dependent on other teams, which means that a team can be more productive themselves. Um, so it removes certain barriers. Um, and then when they're ready to develop maybe a fully scalable thing off the back of that experiment, they then can, can bring those insights to that development team. Um, so I, I would say empowerment there. And then we go back to automation. Uh, and that really, um, is again where you can find uh, a return on investment because your um, your employees uh, are able to um, focus more on that deep work that is going to have um, higher leverage 
than the repetitive manual work that anyone can do. And you're using them then for their best capabilities, for their best talent, rather than for the things that anyone could do. Um, so hopefully that gives you a little bit of a high level insight into the the, the tangible benefits that you can get from uh, yeah, pushing no code in your organization. That's wonderful. It sounds absolutely amazing. And if anybody who is watching or listening would like to send part of their team to learn no code tools to be part of 100 days of no code, can you share more? Where should they go? More specifics about the trainings or the curriculum or what is available within the community and uh, the workshops you offer. And I will make sure to write the website in the description as well. Awesome. Yeah, of course. Um, so getting into no code. So it's one thing knowing how impactful no code can be for your organization it is another thing knowing how you can actually train your team to leverage these tools. Because even though it is easier and, and potentially more intuitive than learning to code, there is still a learning barrier. There is still a learning curve that your team needs to overcome so they can upskill themselves. So, um, and this is one of the challenges that we are tackling at 100 Days of No Code. How can we upskill people, empower people in the quickest possible way? Um, and what we currently have are kind of three different um, products um, that can serve your team, your company's needs in different ways. So the first of which is a completely free everyday challenge. And what that means is your team can sign up and they will literally get a daily bite-sized lesson that will take them no longer than 30 minutes to complete. And they will come out of that with a tangible project for that day. So this is a really nice sustainable uh, low-hanging uh, piece of fruit that your or each of your team members can do every day completely free. Now, if you're looking for a more intense, kind of uh, rich, immersive experience um, where your members, your team members have contact with experts, with um, uh, other people in the community, then we also run boot camps. And they are a four-week um, supercharged experience where the time investment is more, but the, um, the results are quicker. So if you want to go from zero to one and take your team from knowing nothing about no code to understanding how to leverage it in its fundamental capacity, uh, then the boot camps are kind of a four week uh, track to do that. Um, and in the middle of both of those things is our community, which your team can also be a part of as well. Um, so hopefully that gives you a better idea as to how they can actually start using this stuff. Thank you. I recommend everybody to go to 100 days of no code and I cannot end without praising and speaking about Processio. Processio is the modern low code, no code platform for advanced automation and creating an enterprise grade backend for your software. You can request access to a totally free account at processio.app that gives you one hour of running time, which is equivalent to 100 human labor hours. And that's wonderful. And for those who need more, 
a special discount for the listeners and viewers to get 50% off any upgrades. You can use the code BETTER50OFF, one word, all in capital letters. More information in the description. Max, this was my honor, my privilege. I thank you very much for this conversation. It was absolutely enlightening. Thanks for having me. It's been super fun talking about all things no code. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me on.